0: rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books welcome to your home for star wars comics
1: this is the cosmic force podcast a utini podcast network production and now here are your hosts tyler reganti emma park caleb laminek and jacob bosch
2: hello again everybody and welcome to another episode of the cosmic force i'm one of your hosts tyler reganti thank you all for joining us tonight on the utini podcast network tonight's gonna be a fun show uh we are getting into our very first round table of the cosmic of the history of the cosmic force uh and so we are all very excited here uh let me introduce you to the rest of the team starting with of course emma emma how are we doing this week
3: What's up, Tyler? What's up, everybody? I am super excited for this week. First ever roundtable, starting with such a great uh, volume, such a great character. I'm really pumped.
2: Yes, and you know who else is pumped? Our, our regular archaeologist himself, Caleb. Caleb
1: is in costume tonight. Caleb, how you doing? I love it. I'm doing really good. Um, yeah, I would just bait it right before going on. It's like, suit and tie, but wait. I have to jacket. I have to hat. Might as well both go in on this uh, Indiana Jones theming. So let's go all out. I'm ready, Mike. We definitely
2: have the hat for you, and we have the the jacket to go with it. So we're really glad that Caleb's able to pull through <laughs> on that. Uh, and then also back after a week of of extra work, uh, we're cl- glad you're back here
0: tonight, Jacob. How you doing? Wait, I'm not. I'm not Jared Mays. Is that? Are you sure? No. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not Jared
2: Mays. You're not stealing the thunder. You're okay. not throwing out the entire rundown at the beginning of
0: the show. That's How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, very big thanks to Jared for coming in. Honestly, pretty last minute to uh, save me uh, from field work uh, and do a stellar job in running the show last week. So I'm, I'm happy to be back and I'm definitely ready to talk about Dr. Afra with you all. He did admit after
2: the, he said yes that he didn't realize that it was a Wednesday night show. Oh, no. And, and then that was probably something that he should have realized before uh, he agreed to to come. But for the rest of you, we do go live right here on YouTube.com slash every Wednesday night. Jared, make sure you remember that. Wednesday nights at 8 uh, o'clock. If you can't join us live, that's okay. These videos are up on our YouTube channel uh in perpetuity and we will soon be on uh, all of your favorite podcast stations uh we are part of the utini podcast network uh and what is utini you ask if this is your first time well utini is a community of positive fans that share our love for the greater star wars universe novels comics audio dramas and everything in between if you love star wars and you have been looking for a community of people to share the love with in a positive way well chewy you're home you can find the link to our Discord server with more almost oh, a 1,000 members um, in the show notes. Uh, I think somebody's going to pop it over in the chat there in a, in a second as well. Uh, if you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash utini. Whereas for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire U- Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement uh, events. So... Now that we've got that out of the way, we are going to dive into our first segment of the week, and that is our weekly pull list.
0: Jacob, what do we have uh, out uh, in, in stores this week? Yeah, so we just have one comic book out this week. It's Dr. Afra, not the one we're talking about tonight. Uh, Dr. Afra 2020, number nine, The injured Job, part four, and possibilities. Uh, the writer is Alyssa Wong. The pencils are by uh, Ming kyu Jung. Uh, the cover, again, is by Sway. Inker is Victor Olazaba and colorist uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, with letters by Joe Carmongo. So that's the only comic book out this week. I haven't had a chance to read it, uh, but I'm sure our uh, resident comic expert uh, extraordinaire Emma has already gotten to it by this point.
3: You are correct, and it was really, really awesome. I've got to say, like, got a lot of good uh, higher public connections in there. I won't say anything more than that. Um, I really liked it.
2: is the one current book that i'm not current on because i wasn't able to get out to my to my comic store this week to, to get caught up on it so i'm looking forward to finally re- finally getting around to this one
3: yeah it's great great afra as always
2: all right so we will gonna go, we will go ahead thank you jacob for giving us our weekly pull list uh so with that out of the way we're going to get into what we're loving this week uh and we'll start with our art of of the week uh i'm gonna go first and, and as fitting as it is um I chose uh, Doctor Afra, number one from 2016, um, and I chose this was this is kind of would you, Jacob, would you say this is kind of like the the the, the prelude because this this t- this kind of happens at least in the trade paperback before the title the, the the title page.
0: Right, it's kind of a, a, like a cold open uh, in a comic yeah. book.
2: Yeah, uh, I I chose this this was, this was penciled by Kev Walker, um, and I chose this because. This was my first introduction to Doctor Afra, um, and it was this sort of panel here that was like, okay, we've we've got somebody, we 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 already have somebody dying, and we haven't even seen, seen the, the, the 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 title screen yet. This is this is going to be something different. Uh, so that's my my art of the week. Uh, Emma, what about you?
3: So my art of the week is from a Legends comic, believe it or not. Uh, It's from Django Fett Open Seasons issue number three uh, with pencils by Ramon Box, inks by Raul Fernandez, and colors by Brad Anderson. And um, I've been doing a little bit of reading this week um, for something I will tell you about a little later. Uh, But here we have Django Fett in some really awesome like gray and red armor color scheme. Uh, Really, really cool um he's escaping uh from a palace and i don't know read the book it's so so good i won't say anything about it but i was shocked at how much i really loved it i gave it a five out of five on goodreads i rarely do that unless it's like fantastic um it it was really good and this art is is beautiful so um yeah uh caleb how about you
1: um, you're not the only one going back on legends. I guess we can get blame Jared <laughs> for that one. So this one comes from the Tales of the Jedi number two, uh, art by Chris Gassette and Mike Barino. Um, like just looking at this, you could you would not be able to tell. Hey, wait, that's uh, that's Star Wars. It has two um, beast drivers from Onderon riding essentially pterodactyls shooting guns. It's just like this weird metal cover sort of. Thing from the uh, Tales of the Jedi. And it's awesome because Onderon is something that shows up in a lot of other medias. You know, there was mm. a very good level in the uh, Star in Nights of the Old Republic 2. There was a whole mini series of it on the Clone Wars. Yeah, you know the, the whole series where it, you know pretty much took off of uh, the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Really wild series, and that you know, introduced uh, Saul Guerrero. Anyway, this is the first time we get to see Yonderon in all of its weird, like Beast Rider glory. There, just tons of guns there.
2: Yeah, you've got to love Legends. You, you you don't get this in 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 the current run of
1: comics. I don't think I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but this is really unique. Oh, definitely. And I you know I think it's. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I do like how wild and how many choices they could take with this, uh, with the medium they had here. Jacob, what are you reading? Uh, yeah,
0: so I'm currently reading, uh, well, a lot of stuff. But this is from Poe Dameron, issue number 26, with art by Angel Unzueta Galarza. Uh, I really like this, um... So the majority of the Poe Dameron miniseries is about his time before the Force Awakens, but then like the last arc kind of tells about he's like recapping his adventure to uh, Finn and Rey about like his time leading up and his, like him crashing on Jakku and all that stuff. So it's just like this beautiful page showing like him meeting Lor San Tekka, talking with BBA, and like just like, with the Falcon kind of being this whole centerpiece. I like this really struck me when I when I got to the page. So i love it uh it's definitely my art of the week for this week so that's mine
1: caleb do you have uh, our community submission that we can talk about we do actually this one comes from our very own cad bin aka at uh what's that wc on uh, uh db most, uh, it was a b U C on twitter uh just a really great sort of clash of the um, There it is, Titans. This comes from Star Wars 2015, issue number six, and shows a young Luke Skywalker dueling up against a Boba Fett. Like, you know, I hadn't read that series in a long time, but once they post that one, I knew, oh wait, I know exactly where that comes. And that's a really, like, dynamic moment of them fighting in old Ben's uh, house as they're trying to figure out, you know, Luke's there to try to figure out where, um old Ben came from and learned some chai stuff, Boba Fett's there just to take out Luke. And it's just a really drag out match there. That's, that was really fun and really entertaining. So that's a really good choice. Uh, CAD Ben. Um, so with that, we have some, uh, free, co- if, if you want to be featured here, go ahead and hit us up on discard, Gord, we have free comic codes that we're willing to give away. So not only do you get the glory of having your submission here on the Cosmic Force, but you will get rewarded by having a little uh, extra free comic code of your choice. You know, So just hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on uh, Discord, and we'll make sure to reach out to you and keep you involved.
2: And that goes for for chirps last week too. we forgot that we actually forgot to mention that last week, but uh, chirps if you're I, I believe he, you were the one who submitted the the art of, of the week last week that was selected, so make sure you reach out to us on discord as well uh, and we'll make sure we get you uh our, our, your free code. We actually just updated that list today, so we've actually got a a, a good, good number of, of comics available to you now so um, yeah, awesome. We we really like it like it when 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 the community gets involved. So we're really hoping that uh, that we get some more great submissions. We've had submissions, great submissions the last two weeks. So uh, make sure you guys keep it up. So now we're gonna we're kind of gonna get into what we're reading. And unfortunately, uh, I really I, I've as, as much as I made up last week, um, I wasn't able to make up. I I, I completely. Um, Slept on it this week. Uh, I I did read Bounty Hunters number eleven because luckily I had the digital code for that, but uh, I wasn't able to get out. I was unfortunately my wife and I we were in quarantine this week. Uh, we weren't did not have uh, have COVID, but uh, somebody that we were close to did, and so we did the responsible thing, and uh, and we decided to to quarantine for the last week, and uh, so I wasn't able to get to my local comic store. Uh, so I've only read digital or the digital version of Bounty Hunters Eleven, um, and I'm hoping now that I'm out of quarantine that I can get to the store this coming week and support my local store uh, and be able to catch up because I know uh, as, as as much uh, as I was able to make up on Emma last week, uh, she's now got another week ahead of me. So uh, Emma, what did you what what did you read this week?
3: Yeah. So first of all, everybody. Be like Tyler and be responsible. That's fantastic. I'm glad that you did the responsible thing and quarantined. You are a model citizen. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. We try. Um, yes, absolutely. So um, I've been reading a lot of Legends comics this week, and that is because I'm going to be on Legends Look Back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Legends comics. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the full list, but I'll just name two. I've got uh, Django Fett opens Seasons, like I was talking about earlier with my Art of the Week, and uh, Dark Empire, because we all need to talk about Naked Palps a little more. <laughs> and now that I've read it for the first time, um, I understand the true horror that people experience <laughs> in reading that. Um, it hurt my eyeballs. Uh, it, it was it was pretty brutal to, to read. I didn't realize exactly how many pages that Naked Palps was involved in Dark Empire for, um, so that was shocking and uh, a little offensive. Um, but we'll be talking about those comics and others as well. So catch us there um, tomorrow, 9.30 Eastern, right here on YouTube. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but Caleb, what have you been reading?
1: Um, as it's from the Art of the Week, like uh, Tyler, n- not that I've got sick or anything. I just kind of had to slow down a lot because I, yeah. I blazed through a lot of comics. I was going through Dr. Afra, but I hit that point where it's like, oh no, if I read too much of this, then I'll have none left. So I've started like, okay, time to hit the brakes, time to branch out. So yeah, I've been reading some of the um, you know, Tales of the Jedi and really enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. So good recommendation when you f- after you finished our Foundational Five. Definitely check that out. Of course, I caught up on the uh, first couple reissues of uh, Aphra because I want to be ready for what's happening tonight. Uh, speaking of being ready jacob what have you been reading
0: um so i went on a bit of tear last week i think i just counted i read somewhere around like 30 to 40 issues in the past week Oh um, wow! yeah so i was uh, yeah i kind of alluded to it earlier but i was in a hotel for work this past week so in the evening didn't have a whole lot to do so i just read comic books um so uh yeah jared had talked a lot about dark empire last week and i just kind of got the itch so i read both dark empire 1 and 2 all 12 issues between wednesday night and thursday night so i can participate in their roundtable and yeah it's uh it's a lot uh emma emma was talking about how crazy dark empire 1 is and dark empire 2 likes takes that to like 11 times 5 it's bad like it well it's okay it's not bad it's just very very Legends-y, like it's 90s bad, it's, which means it's. Good. It's like Palpatine has a space <laughs> gun that shoots smart bullet hyperspace missiles through. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, so yeah, just it's. It, I'm glad I read it, but it whew, that's something. So yeah, I read that. Yeah, Tom Veach, writer Cam Kennedy with like the really cool watercolor art. So yeah, I blame Jared again. Uh, and then yeah, my other thing I just, I've just been doing a chronological read through of everything to try and get caught up. Not. Chronological, but release order read through. So I'm Mm. my current place is I'm around July 2018. So I'm about halfway through all the Marvel stuff right now. So a couple more months, maybe I'll be done. But we'll see. Eric
2: in the chat says Dark Empire is about to be the most read piece of media by all of you, Teeny, and (laughs) and if it's, it'll probably be the most concurrently read, uh and it might even be up there with Lost Stars now. it's actually kind of funny because I I have three kids. And my oldest is ten, um, oh, and God. so they're probably still up. They might even be they might even be listening downstairs in their room. But last Thursday, after the show and Jared talking about naked palps, my ten year old comes up to me and says, "Dad, can I read Dark Empire so I can see naked palps?" And it's just I was like, <laughs> I don't know what was the bigger I, like I had so many mixed emotions because he's like he wants to read Star Wars comics. But he now knows about naked palps, and he t- and he didn't want to read Dark Empire. He actually used the phrasing "naked palps," so that's <laughs> I have Jared to thank for that, and and I told him that in our Slack chat, and and apparently I made his day. So you're welcome, uh, because I he don't, wants I,
3: to read it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs>
2: right, right. I mean, so uh, Dark Empire has a, a very special place in the Uteni, uh, the the Uteni world right now. Yeah. So after uh so let's go ahead and get into the main reason that we are all here tonight and that is dr afra trade paperback number one um this was this is a very unique book um and and before we're gonna have Caleb kind of get into the, the the synopsis of it and kind of kind of give you some 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 inter, in, interesting uh, piece of information about the characters and everything. But we we kind of want to give you a little bit of background. So let's go in the wayback machine and kind of go back to uh, to twenty to two thousand sixteen. Um, this was the first series since Star Wars Return to Marvel that focused on a comic book specific character that was not in the movies. Um, the first issue of, of Dr. Afra was released in on December 7th, 2016. Uh, for reference, Star Wars number one was issued January 14th of 2015. So we're talking about two years uh, from Marvel's first reprint. Um, to when Dr. Aphra came out. Uh, the trade paperback was released in, on June 21st in 2017. Uh, the writer for this is Kieran Gillian. Um, he is known for Image and Marvel books um, and some of his other Star Wars work includes uh, Darth Vader 2015 uh, and then he also wrote for the Star Wars mainline 2018 through 2019. Uh, the penciler is Kev Walker. Uh, he's also in addition to to uh, Efra, he's um, used Has penciled some some Marvel Avengers titles. Um, He's also one of the inkers. He's the inker for issues one through three. Uh, Mark Deering is the issue for or is the inker for issues four through six. Uh, He's also had some additional Star Wars work. He did the some ink for Age of Republic and the Age of Rebellion. I believe that was the Padme and Leia uh, issues of those. Um, and the color artist is Antonio Fabella, uh, and he is does most of his work for Image and Marvel. So um, each time we do these these, these roundtables, we're going to take a little bit of time and, and mention e- each of the creatives behind it, because like we said before, um, we really want to support not just the writers, but we want to make sure that we're supporting all of the creative people behind these books. Um, so if they have some, some Star Wars, it, you know, we, we encourage you to go there. And then once you've read up on that, you, you know, expand out to, to some of the other some of the other titles that they have um but because this was the first real comic book centric character it really allowed for a greater sense of to- freedom of tone and style and plot um and i think the most important element of that um is probably just in afra herself um emma what i know we, we've talked about this before but but let's co- we we continue to do it because it's that important um what are some of the main um, elements of, of what makes Afra so unique
3: yeah so Afra's significance to Star Wars and not even just to Star Wars but also to comics in general is that um, she's a queer character of color um, which is you know we love Afra because she's sort of helping uh, uh, make queer women of color in Star Wars uh, more common. Um, Aphra's of a- Asian descent. Um, and this comic book actually won the Outstanding Comic Book Award at the GLAAD Media Awards uh, in 2020, uh, which is absolutely groundbreaking, not only for a piece of Star Wars media to win that award, uh, but also to have Afra be that groundbreaker uh, in comics in general is so unique and so special, and, uh, and we love her for that.
2: Yeah, we're really hoping that. Uh, I mean, we we've seen it. We we we've, we've seen. We now have the the uh, drama- dramatization. We now have the yep. um, the book that just that just just recently came out. What what are they? What is it actually called this time? It's it's the um,
3: the Doctor uh, Dr. Afra audiobook original.
2: Yes, the audiobook yes. original on the, the 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 script of the audiobook of the comic. They there that's that's the order that I was looking for. I mean, um, this thing right here. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that, that, that nice uh, new book that w- that just hit news uh, bookstands last week. Make sure you, if you head to utini.com, you
0: can even order it from there. We get a little bit of, of, of kickback with our affiliate code. I would say you can also head to utini.com slash audible and experience, get a free audiobook and experience it in the original audio drama format, which is, I think, to be fair, the best way. Like, I wouldn't, like, for this Duke Jada Lost. it's it's literally a script. Like I would not read this as like my primary way to experience it, but if that's if that's your if that's your thing, you do you. But yeah, you can do I agree Audible and do the audio drama.
3: Yeah, you know what this like the absolute best way to read it in my opinion is to listen to it while you follow mm. along with the script. I did that for Dooku yes. and it was an amazing experience. Yeah
2: yes this is this this book is set up just like just like uh dooku jedi lost so you've got scene settings you've got you know all these sorts of other shorthand that really make up the scene but that don't that kind of take you out of the story so if 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 that sort of thing doesn't doesn't suit you or you you might get distracted by that then then maybe i would definitely recommend picking up an audible uh um, subscription and, and and trying it out there um and while this is her first, this trade paperback is her first comic appearance. Um, it's not actually when we were introduced to Afra. Afra was actually introduced in Darth Vader number three in, in two thousand and fifteen, and she has a a, a run in with our, our our favorite Sith Lord there, um, and has a whole arc there um, before this actual um trade paperback is, is released so that was actually something that i i did not know that when i picked that when i originally picked this up i thought it was all connected so that was something that that as i was going back and researching for everything that uh, that, that i that i learned so before caleb before you get into this let's go ahead and and just real quick let's just give do you first impressions and if you want to give a rating uh just like just like the the living force does we'll, we'll go ahead and give a rating caleb uh we'll go ahead and start with you
1: you want to start with me? Um, like initial gut reaction, it's good, but the problem is, I know it could be a lot better. So I'm going to, have to give it like a like a seven out of ten.
2: Okay, seven out of ten. Uh, Jacob, what about
0: you? Yeah. So we we, we to we'll pull back the curtains real quick. We kind of test run this this show before we started things, and I think I gave it a seven or an eight. I'm gonna stick with seven. Like back then I hadn't read as far into the full run as I have now and that's colored my opinion a little bit. I think it definitely is really good now but it gets even better. So yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the 7 like Caleb said.
2: Emma, are we are we sticking with the 7 trend here?
3: No, I think I'm going to give it a little higher. Uh I think I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yeah, I agree that that the the series does get better and so that does you know looking back on this, it it does color your opinion but um, I thought that this was a great introduction to her uh her solo series and uh, obviously we'll talk about that later, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was good, not great, uh, but not bad either. So, and that's why it's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually agree with just about everything you said. I, I was also gonna give it a seven point five. Um I love Afra in this book. I the the, the the story, the the tale that she goes on, um it's 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 okay. I, I I've read some of the other things that she's got, the, and it's kind of hard because we we are you know know what other stories that she's go that she goes on, and so you know I, I kind of it's hard for me to not think of those other stories, and so I agree. I'm also I'm also going to give it a seven point five uh, out of ten. So um, so now, Caleb, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, who. Afra actually
1: is in this book, uh, and then and then we can go ahead and get into the plot. Absolutely, yeah. Doctor Shelly Lona Afra was first, as we said, introduced in Darth Vader, kind of as a companion uh, to his uh, rampage, kind of like a just a sidekick almost. But you know, the best way to describe her is she is first introduced there, and also semi-introduced with the opening gambit here. She's definitely a rogue archaeologist, a la Indiana Jones, but a lot more morally gray you know so you know the vader comic starts off after a new hope after the destruction of the death star um you know he ends up conscripting her kind of forcing her to do a lot of bidding so he can you know do a lot of secret work in the shadows you know then she's joined on by her two uh, murderous droids who are usually some of the best parts of this whole series uh triple zero uh an interrogation droid and bt1 a tank on wheels so at the end of that doc of the uh, Darth vader series she manages to avoid the fate that befalls every single person who ever works with Darth vader and fakes her death at dave vader's hands and she escapes to try to start her brand new life over so that's where dr Afra 2016 volume one starts is she's faked her death and she's trying to get a new lease on life so the opening we're going to do a rough summary. Can't go over all these steps here. You know, give you an idea of what's happening here. So, you know, when we get a, dive in a little bit more, we all have, like, a quick refresher. So, Dr. Afra, 2016, Volume 1, Plot Summary.
3: <laughs> he puts on the <laughs> For dramatic
1: effect. The first issue exactly the first issue as I said starts with an opening gambit much like Indiana Jones as our hero acquires an artifact she hopes to flip for credits for her new ship so the instant drama is she has bought a brand new ship but still has to pay it off so she goes to her um, Narco Prime calf kind of where her doctorate was earned where she can sell whatever uh, artifact she wants because she has a doctorate but it has been suspended she can no longer sell anything to its, for its original value she's desperate like who's suspended in my um, my doctorate, and it's very instantly revealed that the one who did it was Doctor Afra, her very own father. So that's the cliffhanger there. Issue two starts with. Um you know, the reason for her father's interference. Uh, he has been sending his entire life looking for a sect of the Jedi called the Ordo Aspectu, um, kind of a really weird, ancient, uh, thousand-year-old sect, and he needs to help her f- help to find them. There's a lot of back and forth, a lot of snippy dialogue, but they finally decide and are armbared into going. So he says, it's simple, it's just an in-and-out job, we just need to go to this little place called Yavin 4, pick up a few scraps.
2: Nothing wrong could go that could could could
1: happen if you're going to head
2: to Yavin Four, right? Absolutely
1: exactly not. It's not like there's a giant wreck of a moon-sized space station there. No. So we pick up with issue number three.
0: The Aphras make their way to Yavin Four and are you know surprised by a well, one Aphra is surprised one's not so much by a large Imperial presence there. So they have to find their way into the temple uh, to find it where their next step goes. So they use Black Corsantin, their you know giant Wookiee crazy uh, bounty hunter, to make a, distract- a distraction while they uh, sneak in, and then from there and to issue four, uh, they you know find this giant big beaming clue, which is a uh, Easter egg we'll touch about t- touch on later, uh, but then they have to make their way through the temple, get out of there, and head to their next stop on their journey, uh, which Emma will touch on in. Issue number five.
3: Yes, so they are in uh the citadel of the Ordu Aspectu. Um they find all they find there is uh space and debris, nothing very exciting. Uh, the walkways are crowded with dead bodies and ruined droids. It's, it's kind of depressing, to be honest. <laughs> um, so they're attacked from the rear by stormtroopers, and the pair of doctors press on to the inner sanctum of Rur, the leader of the uh, Order Respectu. Uh, and, while well, the droids and Chrysanthemum bravely take Afra's ship to bail. Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, And this issue ends with them uh, inserting the crystal into the central computer, which awakens Eternal Rur. And Tyler will pick up the last issue in this volume.
2: Yes. Eternal Rur, or as as, as I was thinking when I was reading this, Zordon from the the Power Rangers, kind of appears (laughs) above them and kind of is like, what time is it? Where am I? What is going on? uh and they um he the, he's he's not really happy about knowing that he's been that he's been shut down uh so he's he's gonna kill uh the afras and 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 the the quick talking quick tongue to dr Afras says look i'll tell you when it is if you uh don't kill us um and um the he come to find out the central computer is is Rur the immortal himself. Whose consciousness was transferred to a crystal that can control any droid he wants. Um, this is obviously is is, is going to be a, a bad thing. This leads to a desperate struggle between the possessed droids, the stormtroopers, and the doctors. Um, so Afra uses a fallen lightsaber, uh, which to the horror of her father, uh, picks up the, the the lightsaber and is actually able to shut down the system and escapes with the crystal uh her, the her father and the commander of the imperial forces after convi- after the rest of the imperial forces drop into into space um after they were able to finally escape the uh with her name now cleared uh is able to pay off her ship uh chrysanthemum reappears uh and together with her droids they set out on, in pursuit of another big score and that ends the 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 main story of the uh, uh, of this trade paperback. Um, so there was, there was there was a lot more uh, detail there that that that's in there, but that kind of kind of talks about the, the overarching story. Um, and so I want to take a moment and, and kind of open this up to discussion. And really, one of the things that I noticed the most about this, and this is the thing that I think that, that I enjoyed the most, um, was the balance of humor. And darkness that was in this book I, I i mean there was there was humor in every single page but the humor was it was found in uh triple zero and bt um taking pleasure in killing a guy in a bathroom i, I mean like that's <laughs> that's that's what <laughs> that's you know what makes dr ephra so 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 entertaining to me uh, uh jacob what were what were some of your thoughts on on the tone and, and and the humor in this book,
0: yeah, it's definitely such a shift from what we're used to with Star Wars. Like, you know, right now I'm read like I was saying I'm reading release order books, and like right now in Star Wars I'm reading Burning Seas and like Hope Lost and all these like really hardcore like heavy hitting stories, and then I get the the like reprieve of Doctor Afra. It's like coming in doing you know going on some shenanigans. Like, if you think this arc is crazy, like, just, yeah, just wait for how much more insane it gets. It's, yeah, it's such a, a breath of f- fresh air and such a tonal shift from what we're used to that I, I love it. I think it serves a great, great purpose in the whole, like, Star Wars Marvel publishing line right now.
2: I definitely, it has, this is, this if if Solo didn't have all the behind-the-scenes drama i feel like this is what solo the movie solo was was going for it, mm. is this sort of humor there, there were times that i thought okay it's a little sitcommy because they're like she's got a quick joke for every single thing especially in like books four and book five um, she seemed to have a, a, have a have a comedic comeback for every single thing but the i loved the the you know times where she points the gun at her dad and her dad's like you're not gonna kill me I'm, I'm, I'm your dad And she's like you're right triple uh, zero your turn and he's like oh yes I get to kill somebody and then she's like wait no I can't do that and he's like did did, did you just like punk me like about letting me torture somebody that's that's how rude and then you see like the, the one flash of of c3po in in uh in triple zero comes out because he just he says how rude and 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 i haven't listened to the audio drama yet so i don't i don't hear i still hear c3p in my head um that was that was pure c3p for me uh Mm -hmm. emma what what are your thoughts on on the the tone of the book
3: yeah so as great of a character as afra is on her own this volume desperately needed the relief that bt1 and triple zero bring um because it is kind of heavy with her and her dad's relationship and, and they're trying to figure it out, but but then they're killing a guy in the bathroom, so it's okay, you know? Um, and I think they, they lighten it up. And additionally, like you were saying uh, about Afra wanting Triple Zero to kill her dad, and then she's like, oh, no, wait. Um, it, it sort of allows us to see Afra's more moral side when maybe if the droids weren't there, she wouldn't be as moral, which I know sounds a little backwards, but I think that that's just how Afra kind of functions in a way.
1: Yeah, she needs someone worse than her around her so she can feel better about herself.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
1: What do we think about the direct, quote
2: unquote, direct spin on on our traditional group of heroes from the original trilogy i, I mean you've got ha you've got han you've got, got chewy you've got the droids I, I mean do we do we like this dark counterpart or do we say you know maybe instead of a protocol droid maybe we do have you know a gonk droid or something like how do, how do we like that sort of direct mirror uh element of that caleb i'll, I'll let you go first
1: it could have been really bad. It could have been really obvious. And you know, Doctor Afra, like we can, like we describe herself as like she's Indiana Jones, but 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 evil. But it's the characters have given enough uh reach and enough development so that they're not just a stark, you know, evil version, goatee-defied bad people. You know, there's a lot more nuance to them, and we have a lot more time to develop them. So it's not. Just like they decided, you know, what if the original trilogy, but evil button. It's, you know, a lot more developed. So they could have been really, really grating, but I think they've well stepped over the line into these are our own unique characters and they're telling unique and interesting stories. I think that's the big thing is they're being they're not running through the original trilogy, but evil again, they have their own stories and have their own places to be developed at.
0: Yeah, I think Vader Down, uh, which was earlier, was, was a little bit of its evil C-3PO, like especially when you see them directly interacting. But I, I think tr- since then, Triple Zero has definitely grown a lot and become his own character. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, regarding just sort of the evil original trilogy counterparts, I didn't mind it here. I just don't. I don't think that it can be done again in the great way yeah, that it was that. done yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, because it was done perfectly here. It's not too obvious, but it's obvious enough. Um, there's not too much a connection, but there's connection enough. And um, and I think they did it respectfully to the original trilogy characters too, which is important.
2: Do you think? I mean, and we, and, and this is all this is all sort of speculation. Do we think that that made it a little? I don't want to use the word easier but this being the first comic focused character that isn't from a Star Wars movie do we think that that the, the fact that there is so much similarities and so much of a well we can co- sort of think of maybe think about uh, you know what would Chewbacca do but if he wasn't good do you think that, that maybe maybe played a, played a role in in, po- in in potentially some of the storylines and, and 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 having this kind of Story, not after herself, because after by herself is, is great and she, is the strongest part of the, part of this, but maybe, maybe a, a allowed the the story to kind of get fleshed out a little bit more. Uh,
0: Jacob, yeah, no, I was uh, definitely not typing and definitely did not miss the prompt. So if you just want to toss that to maybe Emma, Emma, what do you think?
3: <laughs> yeah, so Afra on her own, like Tyler said, um, is great, and I think having the droids, having her father, um, having her doctorate taken away tests her on all sorts of different levels that to me it's important that despite this being her solo comic that it's not just her because she needs to be tested in these ways um and the other thing I'll mention about about this comic and with her counterparts um is that This is Magna Tolvin's first appearance, and she's very important later on in the Doctor Afra comics. Um, And so I find it interesting that because I hadn't read this in a while, and I kind of forgot she was introduced this early on in the series, Um, and I find it interesting how Afra's kind of questioning, like, okay, is the Empire really bad? Um, Is my dad really bad? Uh, Is anybody really bad, you know? So I found all that interesting and that couldn't have come out if she didn't have uh, her counterparts with her
1: absolutely so yeah, Dr cool. Afra is definitely better with her characters, but let's talk about the character of Dr Shelly Lona Afra a little bit more Let's dive into a little bit more of like of her um storytelling about like the her inner workings, for lack of a better term. You know, a lot of us have read past this, so we have a lot more stronger idea of who she is as a character, but let's talk a little bit about some of the actions she takes. You know, you know, you know, we like to talk in Star Wars about light side versus dark side, because that happens a lot, you know, especially for Jedi and Sith characters. You know, that's such a powerful d- dynamic, but it's a lot more nebulous when we come to, like, Han Solo's and Doctor Aphris here. So, like, let's talk about some of these issues. Like, in issue one, towards the end, there's a dilemma with the uh, Absernian symbiotes, and she devises a solution essentially just to steal it this Hidden work from another professor, just so she can, you know, take the power away from him. But more importantly, advance her own career. You know, what what do we think about that, Jacob? You can't <sighs> get away from. It. Dang
0: it! I have to talk about. It. Okay, <laughs> it's like I'm here to talk about Star Wars or something. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when it comes to Aphra's moral compass, I think the the like in universe explanation is it vacillates depending on what she needs and like you know she's a complex character it's just you know she lives in a gray area and that's fine she is not luke skywalker she is not darth vader uh, but i i think the cynical view of it is she is what the writer needs to be in that scenario so if she if the writer needs a good guy she's going to be a good guy and if the writer needs her to be bad she's going to be bad it's it, it kind of just it's going to go back and forth but I think, even remo- removing myself from that cynical point of view, I think that's what makes her interesting. Because you just don't know what she's gonna do. You know, she might be presented with a scenario, and where I always know how Luke Skywalker is gonna respond in a given scenario, I never know how Doctor yeah. Affer is gonna respond. I think that chaotic energy is exciting, and it's something different. Uh, so I-, I like it.
3: Chaos. Yeah, I I agree. This is why she gives me such Han Solo vibes specifically a new hope han solo vibes because you were never really sure like okay is han gonna help the rebellion is he just gonna run away and and i think that this is why she draws comparisons to han solo um i don't know that was just a a thought that i had and um yeah like yeah
1: you know the the, um han solo is just like very obviously you know she han solo could have been dr afra if he had Worse company. Like the reason Doctor Afra works so poorly and so plays so meanly with our characters is because her joy companions are murder bots, <laughs> and her her old boss was Darth Vader. Like if Han Solo was put into her situation, he'd probably be just as twisted and just as chaotically evil.
0: You mean? Oh, so sure. you mean if Han Solo wasn't trying to chase Leia the whole time, then he would be Doctor Afra basically. <laughs> I mean, he's that's a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, he's got his motivations, and uh, that's fine with me. See,
2: but I, and I'll I'll come a little bit to Doctor Afro's defense here, because in 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 the the example that that you had mentioned with the, with the symbiotes, you know, I think there's a large part of that, and that, that, and I think that's what this is another element that makes for such a such a relatable character is this that. Um, Sava is is just mean to her. Like she like he's like you disgrace the archaeological profession, and and I would never allow you to pass strictly because you're you and 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 kind of co- attacks her personally, and 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 it's 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 that motivation which is like all right, well fine, you know what? Well, I'm smart enough. I'm gonna be able. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script here, and I'm gonna be like, I'm, and and all this stuff that you're not supposed to have, and oh by the way, you know you're not supposed to have it. I know you're not supposed to have it, so I can come in here and steal this crap, and it's not like you're gonna say anything about it. And, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna use it for myself. So it's 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 a morally dark grey area for maybe a morally white uh cause, maybe? Can can, can am I am I convincing anybody of that?
1: Mm, no like no like uh, if she didn't get anything from it she probably wouldn't have done it in fact she her good friend is like oh boy you i know you know i don't notice but yeah. you secretly plant all this evidence i'm going to spend the rest of my life finding it out and she's like you go girl yeah absolutely waste your life yeah, yeah go by, do that. By, by,
2: by the way, yeah, somebody's calling me
0: from nowhere. I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It, if if Afra's initial like dissertation topic didn't like go up in flames, do you think she would have even done anything about it? Mm, eventually, she probably would have gotten it so she could sell it. That's like I, I feel like she yeah I feel like her two main motivations there are one she's screwed and needs something to like publish her doctorate on, and then two she hates Savatuniks and just wants to screw him over. And like, I, I, if the, if the, you know, if the, if his thing was less, you know, illegal and less harmful, I don't think her, her situation would have changed. It would just change on how we look at it.
2: John Dutch Vander in the chat says uh, her one-liners are so much better than Han Solo's. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to. Give that one. I, think, I that think it's yeah.
1: just like, let's face it. Han Solo's kind of really bad at his job. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> and luckily
2: luckily for him, luckily for him he stumbles upon uh you know moral compass Luke and 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 everything goes right for him. Now if <laughs> if that doesn't happen is he as successful as as Afra?
1: Probably not. Exactly. Now, I mean who
3: knew that space archaeology was so corrupt? I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Like everybody who works in space archaeology seems to me to be corrupt and that seems pretty horrible
0: <laughs> I mean just, it is grave robbing I mean let's just yeah. put it out there that's true so, so you know when he, spe- yeah, when he like stole the light she stole the lightsaber it's like your dad's just like what are you doing it's like well someone's gonna buy it. it's just doing it's not not doing
1: anything right here
3: <laughs> yeah now, right
1: speaking of people who put her down the, the wrong path in nature versus nerf, nurture instead of talking about Dr. Afra, let's switch gears here and talk a little bit more about Dr. Afra, yes yes senior
3: oh yes not confusing uh, at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Afro, you know, senior being her father, the one who kind of arm bars her and goosenecks her into doing this whole uh, goose chase, you know. What about him? Where does he stand in the middle of this? Uh, Emma, do you have any points on this?
3: Yes, I have some strong feelings about Dr. Aphra's father. Um, I dislike him quite a bit because you should not blackmail your own child. That's just that's wrong, you just shouldn't do it. um, he lost me there, uh and that happened obviously in issue one, so he lost me pretty early on uh additionally, he's a little bit neglectful, you know he's working on on the ordu aspectu stuff when Chelly's little I mean Chelly and her mom, they have to like move away because he's so crazed, and he doesn't really seem to care about anything but the ordu aspectu. I lost respect for him for that as well, so. That's just two big strikes for me, and uh, I think. But, but his his
2: reasoning, his you have to have to have to keep that in mind. His reasoning for focusing so much on the order of Spectre, though, what 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 was what was his? Did he say what is was his reasoning?
3: I don't even remember. That's how much I
0: blocked him out. That's like it's like (laughs) the big like emotional core of the whole arc. He taught. He like went after the Order expect to because he thought the galaxy was so like screwed up with the Empire ruling that he thought if he br- could bring back the Jedi, he could save the galaxy for his daughter.
3: See, okay, that rings a bell. So this is interesting to me because you're right. That is like a huge core of the story, and I think maybe that's why I, in other words, he John Dusander so with, with
2: another with another good comment in the quote shades of Galen Erso.
3: Yes, oh, that's a great comparison. Galen
0: still made the Death Star. At least, at least, uh, at least this guy didn't do that.
2: Right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like
0: you know, when you when you boil down, neglecting your child is much less worse than creating a galaxy-fearing super weapon. I'm just going to throw that out there.
3: But the super weapon was going to be created anyways, and instead he put a flaw in the super weapon that would have been created by someone else if Um, he wasn't there.
0: Tell that to Alderaan. That's That's all I'm saying.
2: I, I might uh, yeah. not like I might not like <laughs> Dr. Afra Sr. as a character. As a character developed, I loved the arc because I I just like what Emma says, as soon as you see him, he is a a a an absent parent who is we're told is basically responsible for his mother's death, basically responsible for, for his daughter's psychological problems, uh, basically responsible for all the, ba- you know, a, a lot of bad things. Um, and so you hate him. And 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 I agree with you, Emma, at the beginning, I hated him. but Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that by the end I didn't, but I appreciated the ability to sit there and say, okay, well, let me sit and think for a moment and at least under I, I at least understand his thought process. I might not agree with it,
1: but at least I understand it. That's a good point. But, like, to dive into a little bit more, if, you know, he had succeeded at the end, you know, spoiler warning, he doesn't. The order to respect to his giant waste of his life. But if he had succeeded and found this, like, ancient sect of Jedi that could have, you know, helped restore balance to the galaxy and restore balance to the Force, would it have been worth it? I mean, I
2: could make it. I mean, we don't have enough time, but I could make an argument that it might have I mean,
1: been. It's it's just
0: do the, it's just the do the ends justify the means, but with more steps. I mean, is yes. is it okay to leave your daughter if you can save the whole galaxy? I would say probably. I mean, I mean, Luke Skywalker inadvertently gets his aunt and uncle killed uh, by going off and chasing adventure and saves the galaxy in the process. I mean, is that worth it? Do do it's th- I mean it, and well if we
2: also get into I mean I we're not gonna get to, uh, off on too much of a tangent here but I mean by destroying the Death Star he also destroys every single person
1: and well, thing yeah. on the Death but Star but they're evil so their lives so, don't count <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> they, count. they they didn't have faces they all had face plates on <laughs> yeah so
0: but yeah I I mean. Yeah, do, do the lives of the few, like, whatever,
1: justify the lives of many, the many? Do stuff? the needs of the yeah, many justify the, uh, yeah, the sacrifice of the few? You know, you know, live long and prosper, all like that. Excuse I, I you, this is a Star to... Wars podcast. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> I thought I was being a nerd here and I wanted to flex.
2: Wait a minute! So you're dressing like Indiana Jones. You're you're co- you're quoting you're Star, quoting Star Trek. Trek. What is going on? I know. Tonight?
3: What's the next uh, franchise that's going to come in here? You know.
2: Are you are you gonna pull out? Are you gonna pull out a Tardis now too? <laughs> no,
1: I fell off that fandom a long time ago.
3: Uh, but just to just to kind of like wrap up my thoughts about Afro's father, because I kind of you know came out of here a little strong. Um, something you know, he was so off putting to me that I feel like it almost it affected how I read the story uh just because i mean like jacob was saying earlier i didn't even get the main point of why he was even looking for the ordo aspecto i completely forgot about it because i was so off put by him and but at the same time i feel like you're you're supposed to be off put by him but not to the degree that i was and i think it's really just the whole blackmailing thing i won't say it again but i will don't blackmail your kids it's wrong
2: (laughs) yeah put that on a shirt put that on a shirt he says
0: do not blackmail your kids yeah. I, I just think the big thing with me is I, I draw strong ties between him and Anakin in that they both had reasons for what they did, like with Anakin trying to take down the Jedi Order and join with Palpatine. They both did it for what they thought was the right reasons. They are trying to sacrifice a lot to save their family. It's just... They were misled and did the wrong things, even though it was maybe for the right reasons. So, I don't know. I I, I think there's a small similarity between Dr. Affir and Anakin in just what they were trying to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So let's take a little step back from these morally complex characters and talk about a little bit more morally straightforward characters, which is Rur the Immortal. Like, obviously, kind of the antagonist of the last couple of issues. Like, what was going on there? Is a quest for immortality gone very wrong? You know, the uh, the dangers of uh, mechanics and computer power overwhelmingly i came to singularity what about Ruur? what was the issue with him i feel like just in general we're kind of taught
0: to to know to to feel that cheating death and immortality in star wars is usually bad like palpatine <sighs> bad legends palpatine bad uh like (laughs) and uh, naked (laughs) yeah and naked uh darth Plagueis, bad like any uh or and then like was it the darth vitati or whatever the the old republic guy also bad like anyone that's like trying to like unnaturally extend their life i mean it's usually a bad thing and i think that's kind of what we're shown here like rur goes out of his way to try and extend his life and by doing that, corru- I, I don't know if it, he's a he was a, I don't think he was probably a bad guy to begin with, but just the whole process of trying to do something that's unnatural and against like the force and everything just kind of corrupted him. So yeah, just don't do it. So
2: so in Jacob's playbook for evil in the Star Wars universe, start small. Is that, is that, is that is that your what you're <laughs> yeah. saying?
3: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, you're right though. I mean, immortality is a theme in Star Wars, and this is no different. It didn't turn out any different. Um, Rur is so confusing to me because he sort of passes himself off as a Jedi, yet does these very un-Jedi-esque acts. And so he does confuse me quite a bit, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, yeah, I put a note here, and let's tease this out a little bit more. Yeah, In the, it's in the kind have of almost a throwaway line, Rur's talking about, you know, he's telling Diaphros about his history, and he says... The, uh, after the Intuvian conflict, there led to a peace between the Jedi and the Ordo Aspectu, and that the Jedi were kind of overseers to make sure they weren't doing anything like, you know, dark force heresy sort of things. So and that just opens up like a weird, like, book of like, okay, were the Jedi a thousand years ago okay with weird sex of, like, other force users? And the Ordo obviously had lightsabers and Jedi robes, but they seem to be outside of the whole Jedi canon. So like does that mean that there were other like approved sects of Jedi out there?
3: Mm. Well, you know, this kind of reminds me of...
1: Go ahead.
2: Go ahead, go ahead Emma.
3: Okay, I just want to say really quickly, that that kind of reminds me of the Jedi way is it the way the way seeker? I always get them mixed yeah. up with the wayfinder from uh uh The Rise of Skywalker. But it kind of reminds me of that because the way I just got mixed up again. The way, <laughs> the way seeker or wayfinder is way seeker, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Wayseeker. The Wayseekers, I think it's a Wayseeker, in, yeah. the way something. yeah, something. The Wayseekers in the in the High Republic are kind of outside of the Jedi Order in that they kind of are independent with themselves, yet are still connected to the Force. So that kind of reminds me of the Spectu and how they might be a little bit more independent of the Jedi, but Jedi adjacent. Tyler, what were you gonna say?
2: Well, I was gonna say it's it's all was also interesting that he were. a apparently seemed to be okay with the with the ceasefire but mm. I- if you remember it was when they wanted to get like more in-depth like no we really wouldn't really really we really need to come in here and 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 understand what you guys are doing that's when he was like no no that's 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 not happening you cannot you cannot come here and and get an even more in-depth look and and it's it, it's it's a a question that I have is how clearly the rur that the Afras meet is insane. That's one way you could you could describe it. But was he that way because he was trapped in a in a in a computer for thousands of years? Or was he that way prior
1: to being uploaded into that computer? I it makes a point of him saying that after he the crystal Ruhr, Ruhr the Immortal, gained his consciousness. Like, his own physical body, the ghost of him, like died trying to stop him and keep right. him from expanding. So, it seems like the the moment his soul or his thought process was taken out of his body, that's when his, like, morality seemed to have faded. I think it's like, I'm am I'm
0: gonna steal something from like, Falcon Winter Soldier right now, like, where it, it magnified him. I don't think, I think human rur was never pure. He had some faults in him and this process kind of just magnified those, similar to like the super soldier serum in that show. Where yeah, we see we see all those cracks start to show through when he goes through this process. I don't think he was completely terrible beforehand. I just think it brought out the worst in him.
3: Mm, I agree with that assessment because I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe like being inside the computer, maybe it kind of like went to his head i know that he doesn't really have a head anymore but you know quote unquote went to his head um and he sort of was a little overconfident with his powers and that sort of amplified uh the sort of jedi uh sins that he was sort of feeling uh, so to speak
1: yeah another quick tangent here now that after Rur with the Immortal was uploaded, was he using the force to control those robots or was there some other form of technology mm. there? Like was he using Wi-Fi or like it doesn't really explain. Or is he is he able to use the force as a crystal?
3: Hmm, that's a great question. Is there like
1: a for any force using robot in
0: legends?
3: There has to I'm, be. I, I that know, sounds so legends. I know there's robots
0: See, I'm that wondering... think they can use the force. I know that is a thing for sure, but
2: I'm wondering if, in the process of being uploaded, he belie- he he w- w- was clearly a force user. Mm. But now that he is a machine, his what he feels is the is, is the force is really just a data stream, and, and and it's the same action for him. It's this invisible, you know thing that surrounds us and but but it's not the force because you're not interacting with living things anymore but it's because he's crazy because he's now a, a machine ai basically it's it's kind of it kind of feels the same to him maybe
0: yeah i think that's i think that's what i was uh, uh, spoilers for legacy of the force uh, like it's been a long time since i've read that but i'm pretty sure like anakin skywalker is like or not anakin skywalker anakin solo is like kept in a computer after he died his consciousness and then like thinks he's using the force but he's actually not and it's just like yeah like machines and all that stuff. Jared uh, if Jared's still here he could correct me but yeah I think that's that what happened in Legends. So there there is a precedent for it. I, I, it would make sense like you know that's that's your only way of perceiving that's the only way your your mind could like rationalize what's happening around you if you're used to using the force. And you're doing things that kind of look like you're using the Force. You're probably going to th- think you're still using the Force. Kind of like a phantom
1: limb syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if we got time, I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about the artwork, since this is mm-hmm. a comic book sort of thing. So, like, um, was there anything... I know we already had a chance to talk about our favorite sort panels, but do you guys recall any, like, great panels that really stood out to you? I could get the ball rolling, because in episode issue 6, when they're after Shelly, like, chops the uh, rear crystal in half, there's a big, like, shattering, and, like, you can see the edges of the panels themselves start to break apart, and they do some fun things with the panel layout as it's, like, yeah, well, I think you almost had there, or you're f- scrolling through some stuff, just, like, some really great oh, yeah. shit, like, you know, yeah, and I think in the next couple of it panels, like, as the thing is p- falling apart, this sh- the uh, panels themselves are cracking at the edges. Yeah, see, if you can kind of look in there, like, there's some, like, roughness to the to the panels themselves and that's just a really engaging and enjoyable thing i like it when they do fun things with that
2: i appreciated the color palette change towards the end of this book with like uh the 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 really the green and red overtones of of the the environment towards the end of uh, of the book those those were, were were some of the things that really popped out at me um I mean, as far from a from a character, I mean, everything else was, you know, I've, I've read it a couple times, and so it's it's the art, the the wildness of the art is kind of wears off me. But the 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 color of the background and the, and the detail in the background was really something that, that 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 spoke to me.
3: Yeah, for me, the there was a a panel I believe we have shown it earlier uh, with Rur, his essence sort of like coming out into, uh, into space. Yeah, right there. Um, that's just so cool to me, how you can kind of see the face and the light, yeah. but it's it's kind of the light, and you're not sure if it's like a real face. Uh, I thought it was just a, a really cool use of, of colors. It's
1: very Wizard of Oz. Yes, that's, very Wizard of Oz, yeah. E- Evil Zordon. Yeah, Jacob, you've been you've been really on top of pulling up all these things, all these wild last minute requests. Anything you want to talk about? Um, I'm so I'm just a sucker for splash pages. Like you're probably gonna see that a lot with my art of the week,
0: and I I I really like the. Des- I wish we got more of the the Citadel Rur. It's really cool, kind of like mm. embedded in this asteroid sort of thing, and that's the, like the architecture of this looks so cool, and then we don't really. Uh, Honestly, what we see here doesn't really seem to match up with what we actually see when they get in the base, but th- this page, I think, looks great. I Yeah, I love the—we got a few of these like, where it ends an issue on them, like zooming in on like a new location, just like they did with the Outland Four. And uh, yeah, really, overall, I, I really like the art of, on this, and that's just part of the reason why it's such a great book and part of the reason why it's in our foundational five.
1: Absolutely. Um, you
3: know, Jacob, uh, that art that you were just, just showing off, the uh, uh, the sort of Asteroid City type of thing, it really reminded me of the Ring of Kafrine from Rogue One for some reason. Mm, yeah. I got that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. And one other thing about E-Art, you know, what were your favorite character designs? Were there any, like, people in this that he showed off here that you thought, oh boy, I want that piece of, uh, you know, outfit there?
3: I mean, I think the obvious one to say is Afra, but I'm going to say Afra because, I mean, can you imagine cosplaying and, and you've got the electro tattoos and you've got the sweet goggles and the awesome, like, uh, archaeologist jacket? Uh, it's so cool. Uh, and I think that her outfit, her outfits throughout the entire series are always really, really cool. Um, I mean, you know, look at her, like, her jacket, how it's kind of long and flowy and she's got her... You know, sort of scoundrel pants, like those Han Solo pants with the Han Solo belt and uh, and her little helmet thing. I love it. I love the vibe.
2: If I'm going for what am I going to cosplay as, I, I would have to take strictly because of the hat. I'd have to take the Saren Handler at the beginning of of the <laughs> book, just because <laughs> his. I mean, that's gonna turn pages, or that's gonna turn heads if you just walk into Celebration and you're walk and you've got this huge. Oh, I, I, I think it was purplish. Uh, the hat and the glasses, and I'm stalling, and so that Jacob can pull it up. <laughs> up. He's getting close. Um, almost yeah. there. There we go. There yeah. we go. <laughs> So, I mean, that's just that that's just it's it's an interesting look. Uh, I mean, it's not the most memorable,
3: but it's 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 an interesting look. If you wore that to celebration, people would be so mad at you because they couldn't see anything (laughs) in in front of you.
2: Well, I mean, if I have a head that tall, then I might as well have a make sure I have a I have a I, and I would have to have some sort of, of cosplay underneath that the the hat to to make sure I'm true to form and right. have the Saren you know two foot tall tall head
0: there as well exactly,
3: exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah the, so the next one I'm just gonna scroll here through here look at some art again well so I don't have to go back and forth between scenes I think the really cool character I like I definitely wouldn't cosplay her. Um, because it's a, a woman, uh, is Magna Tolvin. I really like her Don't design. Don't let that stop you, Jake. Well, you know what? That's right. It, I can do whatever I want. Uh, I cannot pull this off, though. Uh, so, yeah, Magna Tolvin, I think this is a great design. Um, I, I I honestly, I think I like her art in like, her just the like artist for her later in the series. Um, but, I mean, she's still so cool. Uh, in her own right. So I think that's
1: my, my, probably my favorite character design for uh, this Sure this enough, but personally, I liked her design a little bit later on when she has like a full, like, you know, trench coat sort of thing, like down to her ankles. I like that look a lot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, at the very end, we had like Dr. Afrin, she was in these, like, you know, you know, black jacket sort of biker outfit at the very end, you know, when she's about ready to go out with Blacker Station and deal really, really make that uh, money. I like that outfit a lot. So there's a lot of really fun character designs. And, you know, if you like seeing costume changes, read the next issue, the next major series, and, uh, you know, Dr. Aphra and the Search for Cash. The Quest for Money, I think it was, where, you know, she holds, hosts a gala, so she dresses up a lot in different, like, you know, high-class outfits. It's it's a really fun series.
2: All right. Well, we're uh, we're starting to get a little long here, and I want to make sure that we get uh, into the Easter eggs, because I know that Jacob worked very hard on getting these Easter eggs, and so uh, I'm going to l- let Jacob take, a- take over here, and-, and so he can kind of wow us with all of the uh the the easter eggs that he's found
0: all right guys so if you want a little behind the scenes on how you do this easter egg culling what you do is just every time you see a proper noun in a star wars book just look it up on wikipedia and you're probably going to find like five pages of something for it at least in legends uh so charles i hope i make you proud here are the easter eggs i've culled from this first volume uh, so, uh, the very beginning is a pretty clear Indiana Jones homage, uh, with the, uh, other, uh, archaeologists coming out of the tomb with something chasing behind him and ha- like has a little, um, like treasure. Uh, and then also the end of the issue on Yavin 4 with the lights coming down from the sun is also a homage to, uh, I think, uh, last crusade when they're like, the last crusade. yeah, yep. there's like the rod with like the red lights and stuff like that. Uh,
1: so then, the Cosmotanics... No, that was uh that w- that was the first one, not last really? crusade. That was uh uh why am I blanking? Uh, uh, on Raiders.
2: It? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, it's Lost Ark. Well, yeah, that one.
0: Uh, all right. So then, uh, the Cosmotanics steps is a location that she drops the crystal, or her dad drops the crystal off at the end of this issue. That's where we first find Afra. Uh, or sorry, no, that's uh where Afra hides from Vader in the 2015 series when she fakes her death the first time. That's where she hides from Vader. Is not where the crystal is. That's a later Easter egg. Uh, the leader of the Ordu. This is the most crazy one I could find. So, Trev, knock yourself out. Uh, the leader of the Ordu, Rur, and its location, Garn, are nods to Alan Moore's 1982 Legends comic, Blind Fury, and his Order of the Terrible Glare. The story was printed in Marvel UK Star Wars Monthly uh, 159. Yeah, that's... What
3: deep cut? There we
0: go. There's 40 the, there's the deep Thirty cut. years ago, forty. Yeah, forty years ago now. Uh, and then, so another big Easter egg is the uh, Maasai, which is an ancient race on Yavin Four. Uh, they built the temple that they are exploring, but uh, they play a small role in canon publishing, but have an expansive story, backstory and legends. And they were first mentioned in Marvel's Star Wars twenty-five from nineteen seventy-nine. So their first appearance was a comic book, and here they are again. Um, then next. When speaking with Admiral Ozul, Tolvin is reminded about her failure on Eadu. And Eadu going back to Galen Erso conversation earlier is the planet <laughs> where he dies in Rogue One. Uh and then, Rip. yep. Uh, and then the last <laughs> uh, Easter egg, this is the crystal one. Uh Quarantine World 3 uh, makes an appearance uh, as Doctor Aphra's father drops off the crystal. This would be uh, this world was first shown in Doctor or Darth Vader issue number 3. And it's where him and Aphra first met up. And this is also where the triple zero personality matrix comes from. So that is our somewhat expansive list of Easter eggs in these six issues.
3: Very impressive right. stuff.
2: So yes, golf clap. that's all of the, the discussion we have for this book. So now it is time to re-rate the, this book. Uh, as a reminder, uh, we're going to go in the same order. So uh, as a reminder... Caleb and Jacob gave it a seven, and Emma and myself gave it a seven point five. So, uh, Caleb, we're gonna start with
1: you. Uh, after our discussion here, uh, what is your new score? Now that we've talked about it a bit more and that we've you know expanded on how important it is for the canon moving forward, I'll I'll bump it up to an eight. I like round numbers, so we'll just say it's an eight. It's a really good, solid start. Gets you a lot more interesting uh, look at Dr. Afra as a character and what she is and is not willing to do. And it sets it up for a lot better stories down the line. So, obviously, don't skip it. So, yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10.
0: All right, up to an 8. Jacob, what about you? I think I'm going to disappoint people and stay at a 7. I I still really enjoy Boo. it. I know. It's still great. I really enjoy it. But just, yeah, now having read more Afra, I just... Don't think I can give as high a ranking just with what I know comes next. It is still a very enjoyable book. It's on our foundational five for a reason. I would 100% recommend you checking it out. And if you haven't read it and you're for still some reason listening to this, uh, you can pick it up in the YouTube description. Uh, We have links to all that. But, yeah, I think for now it is a seven, but it's it's fantastic. And uh, 100% recommend you read it. All right. Emma? What about you? how are How are you scoring it now?
3: So I am increasing because I feel like that's just kind of what you know. Something that that I will always do on these round tables is increase my score, even just a little bit. I'm going to give it a seven point eight. Um, I do not like round numbers because um, <laughs> I just I don't know. It feels weird to give it an eight, but you know, seven point five is a little too low, so I'm going to give it a seven point eight. I think. I think I would rate it higher if I haven't already read the rest of the series, um, which is a common theme with all of our scores is that uh, looking back on it, it, it's just not as generally good as the other ones. It's not bad, but, but the other ones are such higher quality that it's hard to look back on this and give it um, a really high score. So it's not a knock against, against this volume. Like everybody said, it's great. And we obviously recommend it if you haven't read it yet. Um, but it gets better and and I think that that does color our ratings a little bit. So 7.8 still really good, really awesome volume, great conversation.
2: I am going to have to leave my score where it is at a 7.5. It's it's entertaining. I love the characters and it's it's a little bit deeper now that we've had a chance to discuss it. It's a little bit of a deeper story than than I realized it was. Mm. But after rereading it, because I reread it, I, re- I read it a couple t- uh, a couple weeks ago when we did our our run our our dry run, and then I read it again today. And the humor kind of sort of is a, gets a little over overhanded sometimes, uh, and and so it doesn't. It kind of takes away from. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping I have not read any more Doctor Afro. So I'm, uh, as you all continue to talk about how amazing the uh, the, the the books get, I, it actually is getting me very excited about it. Um, I'm hoping there's a less is more uh, and a more subtlety with it with, with the humor moving forward so I enjoy it I'm very glad that and I 100% support the fact that this is in our uh, foundational five uh, but I'm going to keep it a 7.5 it's 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 still something that I e- even with the 2020 book that I have read um, that is is a much more fast paced story and I enjoy that story more, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to read uh, the rest of this, this title and, and read more of, uh, of, of Dr. Afra. So that is going to do it for episode three of the Cosmic Force. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Um, Make sure if you subscribe to the Utini channel uh, and then turn on the notifications, you will make sure you are notified whenever us or one of the other podcasts of the Utini Network go live. Um, Next week, we are talking about art. Uh, of uh, uh, in Star Wars comics so be sure to check in for that um, if you like what you hear uh, we appreciate the love and be sure to visit utini.com for reviews articles and news for the entire expanded universe uh, we encourage you to join our utini discord community by going to utini.com discord uh, if you'd like to help support the show you can find us on patreon.com utini and start re- receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month um, we want to send a special th- thank you to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz and Carl Sanders on our Jedi High Council, and Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command levels of Patreon. Uh, thank you all for your amazing support. Uh, you can tweet us at the show, at cosmic 4 show Make sure you tweet us your um, art of the week for next week, and maybe it will be featured on the show. You can also tweet the host individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Jade 26 Caleb is at Caleb laminak and jacob is at jacob Bosch. uh thanks again to emma caleb and jacob for hosting with me special thanks to all of you listeners for joining us we truly appreciate it and uh we will see you next week and may the force be with you